You know, we always say, if you want a job, we have a job for you. If you want a career, we have a career for you. Last year, we had two team members that were with us for 45 years that we celebrated. This year, wow. we have a team a team members with us with, for 40 years, 45 years, and actually 75 years. Okay, ready? This is it. This is the show. What's with the pineapple? A brand new podcast from the Michigan Restaurant and Lodging Association. Pineapples don't grow in Michigan. No, not native to Michigan. Let me write that down. Putting a, a hospitality spin on what exactly is going on in Lansing. Shed some light on the industry specifically in Michigan. I think we're going to have some good guests. What is with the pineapple? What's with the industry? What's going on in Michigan? We can edit this if that's not right, right? It's been a month. We're back here in the content room. We're coming up on two years of the podcast, coming up on the closure of 2023. The holiday season is here. Just throwing out anything for you to jump in on this intro. Two years. Impressive. I'm having fun. Hopefully you're having fun still. Oh, yeah. 30 episodes in two years. Maybe need to reflect and see, is is 30 too much? Is 30 not enough? Let's hear from all of the listeners, actually, in one day. I will, we'll, we will please send in quickly your responses to this. We will get to them all eventually. Big live callers. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this has been an enjoyable. I think we've had some fantastic guests. Doesn't it sound like the intro right now? <laughs> We're going to have some fantastic guests. We're going to talk about hospitality as it relates to Michigan. Not uh, grown in Michigan. <laughs> Let me write, write that, that down. down. My family mocks me on that one all the time. Okay, what else you got here? Holiday season is upon us. What are you, what are the, what is the Daunt family most looking forward to? In the holiday season, probably, I'm not a Christmas person, so I'm we not. We just lost two thirds of the listeners yeah, right there. Which is tough going into our interview with Martha Zender from Frankenmuth later in this episode. Yeah, we'll call it a contrast. Like I don't put up, yeah, I don't put up a Christmas tree. I don't listen to Christmas music. It's not, it's not my thing. So that being said, I'm looking forward to settling into our new house and having some time to do that during the holiday season Nice, and taking some time off. All right. Pineapple Express, you want to talk a little bit more about the NFL draft in Detroit, a lot released. And uh, we're talking about a lot about the Lions, a lot about the NFL. But if the draft is coming, that is huge business to this industry in the, in the city City needs it. City's looking forward to it. City is preparing aggressively for it. Hit me with some numbers. Yeah, so they held a media event earlier this week, which brought this back to the top of my list for current events. They're expecting three hundred to 400,000 visitors projected in April. So it's April 25th through 27th of 2024, which really is not that far away. So it's going to bring a ton of ton of business to Detroit, of course, and Visit Detroit, which Claude Molinari, who was on our board of directors, we're hoping to have him on the podcast, hopefully right after the new year to talk about all of this. And the Detroit Sports Commission is raising $10 million among various partners for the event. And they anticipate that the NFL will pump five to seven times that amount for its production needs into the Detroit economy, Michigan economy. But from our perspective, obviously this fills rooms, it fills restaurants and bars. It's a huge tourism pull. And they've been doing a lot of subtle smack talk, I would say, on how last year went in Kansas and how they just want to do it bigger and better than ever. And I mean, we know Detroit, they're they're going to accomplish that. What are your thoughts on on the draft and how are we going to get involved? 
Well, in Claude, I trust. True. It's, it is a huge undertaking. It really, it really is because that event has become such a spectacle and so many people come out for it. It's obscene. It was not that long ago where it was just a, a thing. A few, a few fans would come out and it has become such a tourism specific event that draws people from across the country or across the world. You really got to prepare and have your, your, you know what together. So the city shines uh, when it's go time. Uh, but yeah, we are playing a role here at the MRLA. We are working right now to create a human trafficking awareness, education, and training day in advance of the draft. Large gatherings like these, whether they are the super, whether it's the Super Bowl, uh, sometimes the NBA All Star Game, huge gatherings that bring people together brings greater risk of human trafficking. And so we play a real role in bringing awareness to the issue for the city overall, bringing some education, free education and training to those who are working in the hotel sector in advance so they know what to look for, be be prepared and prevent, and then working with uh, local police authorities to make sure that we're all uh, on the same page and and we're all looking for the same things and and can make this a, a safe event for everyone. Absolutely. More information to come probably right after the new year, I would imagine. You got it. Okay. Restaurant employment declined in October. Yeah, listen, I nationally we we've, na- we've been behind here in Michigan, but a little behind in Michigan. Still one of the slowest recoveries in terms of workforce in this industry. I'm one of the slowest recovering states. Still, still more than four percent down from where we were pre-pandemic, and it shows in the numbers in the workforce here, which sort of peaked a couple months ago. After a very, very slow climb, we have actually seen six to 8,000 fewer employees over the last couple months. So we are see, we have hit a peak and have actually declined. So you can see, you can see and feel that, fullback, uh, that pullback in the numbers uh, and the size of the workforce in Michigan. And I think people are, are running out, not just of stimulus, but of, of funding overall. Inflation Im- impacts everything. And eventually, we run into some s- scenarios whereby people cannot eat out as often as they were before because it's pretty expensive is why I think we've said repeatedly, if you're in the full service sector and, and you are a dine-in establishment, you better really focus on providing an experience that's memorable and worth coming back for because that experience is just a lot more expensive. It's taking up a greater portion of one's uh, disposable income than before. So you better, you better bring it, better make it special. Absolutely. Would you say that restaurants should bring an authentic experience to their guests? I think authentic is good. Why would you even drop that into the conversation? It's kind of random. Because a lot of people have dropped the word authentic into their conversations throughout 2023. The Merriam-Webster word of the year for 2023 is authentic. Oh, I see what you did there. Nice segue. Any guesses on what 2022 was? I have none. Well, it's on the outline, but it was gaslighting. I should read the outline. Are you gaslighting me right now? Am I saying that right? I don't think that that's I never the right. Am. I never use it the right way. <laughs> I, I think I think it would be if you were pretending that you read the outline, you'd be gaslighting me. I don't know. That sounds right, I think. I don't know. I don't know. But authentic uh, is is the word. Lookups for the word are routinely heavy, heavy on dictionary, their website, the dictionary's company's website. They're, and I think, in a place of like AI and deep fakes and all of this stuff where you don't know if it's real. It makes sense that people are craving authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. Do you you think we're in a crisis of authenticity? I think it's a challenging era where, where everything feels AI is infused in so many things. We just talked about Spotify a little bit, you know, when, when, when one's algorithms almost limit your experience, your opportunity to experiences you weren't expecting. 
that were new and unique and, and by happenstance. You know I love to hit on Netflix every time we do a podcast. <laughs> Netflix is fine. They always they feel like the definition to me of 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 inauthentic. What the the algorithm has said produced this outcome, and so anything on Netflix feels like a B. It's not bad. It just doesn't it doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel like someone put an artistic angle and their heart and soul into making whatever it is that's out there special and unique and really really human. Mm-hmm. Right. And so everything that on it feels a little hollow to me. It's not bad. I know it's in my algorithmic wheelhouse. Netflix told me it is, but it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't hit that excellence barrier very often, if ever. And that's and it feels I always feel a level of hollowness, you know, coming whatever I watch on Netflix at the end, except except for the British baking competition. That's always authentic. One. Always authentic. That is a good one. But. You know, that's the, the kind of feel we have. And, and that feeling is, is hard because you're getting things more easily delivered to you that fit your general interests. But is it is it authentic? Is it really are you missing something you didn't even know you wanted or or going down a path that could be more interesting than the path you're going down because it's been preselected for you? Yeah. Yeah. Are we losing our sense of self and just kind of like numb and existing? That got, that got kind of dark. Real dark. That um, might be for your other podcast. <laughs> Yeah, but I think that's interesting. And I mean, that's the opposite of what you want to feel when you leave a hotel or restaurant or any type of experience is you want to feel that human touch. It's something that we talk about all the time. You make fun of me about it, but like being human in all of our marketing. And that doesn't mean you don't tap into AI for efficiency purposes and operational efficiencies within the industry. But what is that delicate balance where you still have the genuine human touch, which I don't think is replaceable. No, and it's what this industry has to do, and it has to understand at its core. That's what it's trying to do. If you are not in the convenience, I need something super fast, super efficient, that's the same. I need a Jimmy John sub in 45 seconds, go. That's one thing. But anything other than that where you are trying to carve out that experience, you better be authentic and you better create it because people are craving it and they're not getting it in other places. And, and that is how this industry is going to be able to succeed in that transitioning period we're all going through. Yeah, absolutely. One of those other words, top words, I thought this would be interesting for 2023 was Riz. You know what that is. Is that like sus? Kind of. Kind of. It's like kid, kid slang. Okay. You've never heard it? Nope. It stands for charisma. So people are saying like you have Riz if you have charisma. We've been talking a lot in this office about how we're all getting older. And so I thought that would be a a nice drop in. I feel much hipper now. Thank you. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. Okay. Our last topic here for Pineapple Express is the new SDR data that came out for October in Michigan and nationally. But in Michigan, occupancy rates dropped slightly from where they were in October of last year, with that biggest decline happening in the northwest area of Michigan. So October 2022 compared to 2023, that was an 8.6% drop for northwest in Michigan. So we're also seeing small decreases in occupancy, ADR, and RevPAR, and which is following an, a national trend as well. Do you want to give a little context to what that means, Justin? Yeah. I mean, this is year over year. This is October versus October. So sometimes there are anomalies that that, that are involved, based that are they're calendar-based, right, mm-hmm. that, that impact this. But when you see Michigan's performance in relation to the national performance, you can see that there's... I wouldn't use the word concerning, but they're, right. they're not holding to the same standard. Occupancy was down 
both nationally and in Michigan. It just was a little bit more down in Michigan than it was nationally. I think when you see ADR, the daily rate, the rate that you can get for your room, that averaged across the entire industry for Michigan, that being actually down, that regressing from where it was last October is not not a great sign given inflationary pressures as well because you're seeing that go up. That daily rate went up 3% nationally and Michigan saw a slight decrease from where it was last October and and also the profitability a little bit down from where it was 3.1% on the RevPAR side. That is a statistic about by room profitability for the industry, right? And that went up a little over 1% nationally and down 3%, 3.1% in Michigan. I don't think that these are, you know, red flag alarms, but... Not I, I, catastrophic numbers by any means. No, but we're, we're talking about this in the context of what might be coming. We're going into a holiday season in, in, in which sales for this industry are going to be critical. And we are talk, going into a Q1 of 2024 where the economy is topsy-turvy. It's, it's so hard to get a clear understanding right now of exactly where things uh, are going in this economy because there's so many countervailing themes that don't mesh to create a coherent narrative. Uh, that we're used to based on based on economic indicators in the past, but it seems more likely than not that we're we're heading into a slowing phase, not a dramatic increase phase. But mm-hmm. I am hopeful that I can be wrong on that here. And these are these are some signs. Often this industry is canary in the coal mine of the economy overall, and so you know we're, it's something we're we're monitoring closely. But we'll see where where things shake out the the rest of this year. Yeah, and just a, a self plug here: we do have a new newsletter, monthly newsletter that we do at the MRLA called The Check-In, which is specific deep dive on issues for our lodging members. And a lot of these takeaways for this discussion came from our newsletter that we put out earlier this week, where we break down that data and analyze it and and put it into more context. So if you're interested in receiving that, let us know. Yeah, it's really good. It's new, but it is in the more long form approach where many of our updates are, how can we get you news real quickly, you know, little bits, 50 words, 70 words at most, and, and then and then move on to the next piece just to give you a quick update. This is a little more long form, giving you some analysis and specifically for hotel industry. We're proud of it. Shout out to Hannah absolutely, on our team who's doing a great job leading that. Yeah. Are your restaurant operations kicking your butt? BYOD can help with a comprehensive suite of tools that can include scheduling, events, checklists, guest experience, and more, as well as the world's first virtual restaurant assistant, Mabel. Mabel filters, assesses, and pulls actionable insights from your data, then sends them to your managers on duty in real time to help improve your restaurant operations. You hired managers, not data analysts. So let Mabel free up your manager's time and help with your bottom line. Visit www.byod.ai to schedule a demo and learn how to enable Mabel. All right. Are we ready to go into Pineapple Plaudits? I'm ready. Me too. We hosted our Stars of the Industry Awards at the beginning of this month. Yeah, it's been like three or four weeks already, which is crazy. But we hosted that at St. John's Resort, beautiful facility. As always, we gave out 18 awards. We don't have to go through the full list on on this podcast, but that's a, a statewide plaudit, if you will, of a, a lot of different stars from Back of the House, CVB Star of the Year, Bartender Star of the Year, Resort of the Year, Sustainability Recognition Awards. We really hit a wide spectrum at that event. And what I always get a little bit choked up on at that event is that we're honoring the people who don't 
typically receive that honor. It's not really the owners or like the high up VPs at those organizations. It's the people who are showing up every day have chosen this industry as a career and are dedicated to it. Um, You know, directors of sales, line cooks, different things like that. So it was a great night, a full list of winners at mrla.org slash stars. But yeah, I just wanted to give that an, an umbrella of applaud it. It's a great event and it's growing. I mean, uh, yeah. we, we outsold uh, our space this year. We were tremendously more well attended than the previous year, which was more well attended than the year before that. So we are new-ish to this awards dinner, but it is growing in popularity and clearly in attendance each year. And the fields are, are still there every every single year. So definitely get in and get in early for 2024, I would say, if you have nominations because yeah. it's... Uh, it's, it's getting more competitive, more nominations than we've ever had as well. And the attendance, uh, is, is, we're going to be we're gonna be hard-pressed to expand much more at, at you know, the, our current location. As fantastic a job as Paul Wiegert and his team do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're going to expand some public voting ones as well in 2024. This, is only our, this was only our third year doing this event, so... Public voting, game changer. People got into it and it made some Thousands. local news. Yeah, that's, uh, and I imagine that to go up again. Uh, people now know there are stakes involved. I bet you those numbers go up tremendously next year, too. So good stuff. Martha Zender Kaczynski rejoined the Frankenmuth Bavarian Inn Lodge in January 2013 as vice president. She is also the president and owner of the Frankenmuth Cheese House. And assists management at two retail stores, Frank's Muth and the Covered Bridge Shop. At the hotel, she oversees the retail division. In addition, she is on the board of directors and a member of the Bavarian Inn, Inc. management team with oversight responsibilities for all operations. Previously, she had a nine-year career in Chicago and worked in Germany as part of a sister city work exchange program. Martha started working at the age of 10 at the Bavarian Inn Restaurant and Lodge and has worked in every aspect of a hotel, restaurant, and retail store. Giving back to her community has been instilled in her at a very young age. She believes in contributing with your time, talents, and treasures. A graduate of Michigan State University, Martha earned a Bachelor of Arts in Hospitality Business in 2003. She has studied at the Culinary Institute of America and abroad in Norway and Germany. Martha is a graduate of the Henry March Institute for Public Policy, Great Lakes Bay Regional Institute for Leaders, and Leadership Saginaw County, and has earned a Certified Meeting Professional Certification. Martha is involved in several community and industry organizations. She has she was appointed by the Michigan Governor Whitmer to the State of Michigan Workforce Development Board. She has many past board leadership positions. Her current board of directors position, positions include Saginaw County Chamber of Commerce, MSU Hospitality Alumni Association, Vice President, MSU Hospitality Business Industry Advisory Council, Frankenmuth High School CTE Programs Advisory Committee, and Great Lakes Bay Regional Alliance Board. She also established and coordinated a giving circle called Saginaw Leadership Cares in 2014. Over nine years in this group contributed over 155,000 to Saginaw County 501c3 organizations helping our community. Martha lives in Frankenmuth with her husband, John, and son, George. She loves to travel and try different foods, and she works in the right industry. Martha, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you. Well, that's all the time we have for today, Martha. <laughs> that is such a long lead. That's an amazing resume to begin. You are you are hospitality royalty. The entire family is. So thank you, especially at this busy time of year for you guys, uh, making some time for us to be on the podcast. We appreciate it. 
Oh, most definitely. Yeah. So for those who may have never been to Frankenmuth, which I hope that that number is small, but for those who haven't, can you paint the picture of the town along with your establishments, of course? So Frankenmuth is a very quaint town. Uh, We have about 5,000 of that's with our population, but we get over 3 million visitors a year. So it has that great small town charm. Right now at Christmas time, oh my goodness, the, it is decorated to the nines uh, with Christmas decorations everywhere. We have an ice skating rink, uh, which is right downtown. That actually is gonna stay open through mid-February. So if you can't make it during the holiday time period, you can always come back later in first quarter to enjoy the ice skating rink. We have a huge Christmas tree by the chamber. It's got music and lights. Um, with our businesses, uh, as you mentioned. So we have the Bavarian Restaurant, which is a 1200 seat restaurant, uh, bakery, retail stores. The Bavarian Lodge is a 360 room conference hotel uh, with a water park, which we're gonna be expanding on that as well. Um, different oh, we're facilities. gonna spend some time talking about that water park. <laughs> uh, and then we also have Frankenwood River Place Shops. Uh, it's 40 stores and attractions on the southern side of town. And then there's a few stores that we operate on Main Street. So all of our uh, stores and like the motif has that German architecture and look to it, which gives that charm of Frankenmuth. And then, of course, we have the beautiful Christmas decorations right now. But if you are visiting and it's not Christmas time, any time of the year, the city does a wonderful job with the decorations, beautiful flowers you know, in the summer, uh, fall decorations. We even have a special Easter celebration. So there's truly always something going on. And the town is beautiful. I was there Monday and Tuesday. It was amazing. You see it at night. When you get to come in at night and you see all of the lights, it it is literally, it feels like Christmas personified. And you're right. The town just is oozing holiday spirit everywhere you go. It's fantastic. Like a Hallmark movie. Yeah. you You should actually make a Hallmark movie. We actually, a few years ago, did it wasn't a technically a Hallmark movie, but we did have filming um, with our properties. It was at the Rubric Vacation House. They used the Covered Bridge, River Play Shops, a lot of locations, um, a local hardware store. So we actually did have, not technically Hallmark, but it was a Hallmark video. Uh, a Christmas movie Christmas is what it was called. And oh. it was uh, right here in Frankenmuth. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, wow. We'll have to research We'll put that, that in the show credits. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I was when I was doing research for for writing these questions. You had three. Frankenmuth had three and a half million people visit last year, which is more than the Statue of Liberty or Yellowstone National Park in terms of tourist destinations. So I think that that fact speaks for itself. For for a town that has a population of five thousand, unbelievable. We like to have fun. <laughs> amazing. So can you put a little bit more data behind the sentiment that obviously you're in the busiest tourist season for Frankenmuth right now? Like you said, all year long, there's a a reason to go. But could you share, put a little bit more data behind that? How many tourists are you seeing come through town as Christmas approaches now? When did that really start ramping up for you? I'm sure that that's more like October, maybe. Right. So our fourth quarter is what obviously we're very weather dependent as well. Uh, but so fourth quarter is when from October, to December, you know, we will see people coming even for the Christmas shopping. Thanksgiving is a huge day for us in Frankenmuth. But this year between Bavarian Restaurant, Bavarian Lodge and Zenders, but we served about 14,000 meals. 
That's wow. a lot of turkey and a lot of chicken <laughs> in just one day uh, to have. We don't keep track of like how many turkeys or chickens for specific time periods of that. But the Bavarian restaurant, we will serve annually about 900,000 meals for the year. For the overnight guest rooms, you know, for this time period at the Bavarian Lodge, we will have about 65,000 overnight guests that will be here. For River Place shops, we will have around 425,000 guests that will be in that shopping complex that's on the south, or, uh, south side of town as well. So we get a lot of people that will be coming and going during this time frame, and we love it. It's great to have all of the visitors here. Can we be there? I want to be there when we hit 1 million meals, the 1 millionth chicken dinner in a year. It feels like it's coming with the, with the growth that is perpetual uh, led by your family. It feels like a million is not, uh, is not too far out into the future to get done in a year, you think? I would love it. Keep coming. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Endless positivity. <laughs> so it's also family. It's also Christmas time for your family. I know you guys are immersed in, in, in trying to provide a special Christmas for so many people coming from around the world to partake in Frankenmuth. But what are some of the family traditions you guys have created over the years? And then how have those played a role in what we all see as tourists, as guests up in Frankenmuth each year? So we're all about family. I mean, being a family business, you know, we have let our family serve your family. Our team members are our family. They're extended Bavarian and Zender family members. So that is our culture. So for all of the holidays, you know, we do a lot of things with our team that portray that the guests I think can also see. You know, we get so many compliments of, my goodness, how friendly all your staff is. And they're here on Thanksgiving or they're here on Mother's Day or they're here Christmas. It doesn't matter. Well, we have that family environment that the guests can feel when they come here. So, you know, that's like for our tradition, we treat our team members, we treat our guests just like they're our family. And I think you can feel that. So for any traditions that may be there, you know, you can you can feel it because it's part of our culture, our core values. It's true. And one thing that I'm so amazed and impressed by is you you and your family have created an empire. It legitimately is an empire in, in, in that region and known around the world. When those types of things get created by, by families and are passed on to generations, sometimes hubris comes into play. Sometimes that second or third generation just feels the entitlement and not the, not the dedication to service. I don't see that even a little bit in your family, that multiple generations in, there is a dedication to craft, a humility to what your family does every single day that is impressive and it's rare. That's not a question. I just want to say thank you. <laughs> Oh, I thank you very much. Appreciate that. So we all started working in the kitchen of the Bavarian restaurant. So with my grandmother, Dorothy, uh, under her tutelage, you know, she taught us how to work and she instilled a work ethic for us. So I'm very proud that I'm part of the fourth generation of our Bavarian in business. And we have the fifth generation that is helping as well. And the youngest right now that's working, uh, she's eight. And she's helping uh, my uh, brother's uh, youngest daughter, Emily. My son's four. So we're still working on, you know, complete sentences. But the, uh, you know, another the year or two. She was helping. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, at Thanksgiving and then my cousins, you know, children, they were helping for Thanksgiving. So we're all here. And, you know, there's no job that's too big or too small. It doesn't matter when we were young or for now. You know, we all work together 
And I think also a reason that we have been so successful uh, with carrying on for fourth generation, there's not many family businesses, even in a third generation, let alone a fourth generation, but we all have our separate areas. We've grown the business from what started at just the Bavarian restaurant. And so we all have our different areas. So no one is doing the same job and we complement each other. And I know it sounds silly, but we really do get along with each other. We have fun at work together. We have fun at Christmas, you know, wherever it may be, we have fun and, you know, you don't need lawyers or any of that stuff, you know, have a conversation. We've got a great family dynamic. We are very, very blessed. Well, then that leads to the next question, because I think that le- that that culture leads to the how you might answer the next question. But how do you in a town of 5,000 staff up, right? We, we talk about workforce challenges in this industry all the time. To be that small of a town, to have that big a demand push on it, how do you how do you uh, recruit a, a large enough workforce to meet that demand, and how do you get them to stay? Because this has also been a time frame the last couple of years where people have been job hopping every every chance they can possibly get. But I don't get that impression with what's going on in Frankenmuth. So we have a fantastic HR department. They are great. We have an office at the Bavarian Lodge. We have an office at the Bavarian Restaurant, and they are wonderful. And we do a lot uh, for retention and having fun so that they don't leave. And, of course, we'll have uh, team members that will. All right, let me try something else. Absolutely. You know, we always say if you want a job, we have a job for you. If you want a career we have a career for you. Last year, we had two team members that were with us for 45 years that we celebrated. This year, wow. we have a team a team members with us with, for 40 years, 45 years, and actually 75 years. Uh, the gentleman for 75 years is still one of the best forklift drivers ever. His name is Virgil. He started at the age of 14 with my grandparents washing dishes at the Bavarian restaurant. But we have a lot of longevity, which I think that, again, that speaks to our culture. But we do use a lot of different programs. So we work um, and work, our HR teams are continuously going out, you know, besides just job fairs, which, you know, that's come and go of, you know, how successful those are sometimes because we have to be creative and go where the people are. So whether it's students, whether it's senior citizens, whether it's veterans, those with special needs, we also utilize the J-1 visa program. So in a couple of weeks, we will have a few students uh, this winter from Peru. I oversee that program. So we use that in the winter and then in the summer. Um, But the big thing for us is we know that once the team members come here and because of the culture we have provided, they stay. They may go somewhere else. And we get so many that end up coming back because of the way we treat our team members. Last, can I can I dig in a little bit? Just this is not on the question list, but you said J1. I'm interested. You know, we. I think of some of the other restaurants like Legs in up uh, in Northwest uh, Lower Peninsula is a Polish-themed restaurant that has J1s that are always coming in. They're high school students and college students coming from Poland to for uh, almost like an authentic Polish experience at the restaurant. Do you pull J1s specifically from from Germany for for the effort there? Because you said Peru, and that that was a curveball to me. So yeah, wherever the students want to come. We will take them. We have not had any from Germany yet. We have had from, oh my goodness. So Peru is where we normally have in the winter because of their school break of when they have it. Uh, We've had in the summer from Turkey, from Jamaica, from Croatia, uh, Romania. We've had a number of from different countries, which actually I love it because it's not only great for the students, but it's also great for our team members. And then they interact with people from other countries, other cultures. It is, it's wonderful. It is a, truly a win-win on all scenarios. 
Agreed. Well explained. Thank you very much. All right, I'll stop hogging the questions. Emily, you are up. <laughs> On that note of you know workforce development and building that pipeline, obviously something you're very passionate about. When we read through your list of you know workforce development committees and boards that you sit on, also you are or your team is working with our new HTM Hospitality and Tourism Management Program through our foundation at the association, which is a newer program for high school students to learn more about hospitality, similar to ProStart, but more on the on the hotel tourism, hospitality side of things. What is that experience like as you guys partner with Saginaw Career Complex? What are, I think it's four days a week that students come to your operations to learn and participate? And what is that experience like from the operator point of view? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, with this, we we are very excited about the hospitality and tourism program. Uh, and the SCC is wonderful uh, to work with as well. Uh, so we have, we started small. We've got eight students because, you know, for the first year to see how it all works out. And they are learning from a like, hands-on experience. What is the hospitality industry? You know, we'll take them to the farm where we get our big blue Hubbard squash, which is always you know, popular uh, for the squash uh, during the fall and winter time period. And then they see how the pumpkin pie is baked. Then they of course get to try a pumpkin pie. For those that don't know, often when you have pumpkin pie, you're actually eating squash because it's not as stringy. So you're usually having a squash pie, little side note, uh, but you know, the Bre- students breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But you know, they learn that and they learn some different tricks and trades. You know, they are getting this hands-on of, you know, going to the Franklin cheese house and seeing how cheese is being made, going to the fortress golf course, seeing that area of hospitality, what's all involved in retail, what is involved in a bakery to a bake shop, you know, how does something get from point A to point B, you know, from the guest room side of thing, what's involved in housekeeping, how do you clean a room, you know, you also have more respect for things when you see how it's done and you're doing things, you know, they are physically you know, working a banquet, learning how to serve or the proper way to clear, you know, so they get to see how much fun this industry is. And what I love about this program is, you know, it's like a pipeline for the entire hospitality program, because then they can tell their family and friends about all the fun. Yeah, you know, there's hard work involved as well, but with everything. And then you just have that much more fun. And I really feel I'm very, very excited. We can't wait, you know, for future years. But the class, they are having a ball. They are loving going to all the different areas. I mean, we're also getting them, you know, first aid certified. And, you know, there's a lot of programs that they will be able to take with them and certifications uh, with going through this course. I think it really shows the hands on experience, like you said, but also showing high school students that there's a, a path for you no matter what. Is that, do you want to do marketing? Well, here's how it fits into, you know, a resort restaurant style hospitality business as well, or sales, not just not just serving or not just cooking, but those options are available too. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah, we, we appreciate your partnership on that. It's a big part of who we are and what we do is trying to prepare that next generation. And there's no better exemplar than what you guys are doing in Frankenmuth uh, and, and the level of partnership. And shout out to Amy Grossi, board member of the Michigan Restaurant and Lodging Association, who's always been a, a great intermediary to, to keep that relationship strong for us. But we appreciate the partnership start to finish. Absolutely. 
everyone's having fun. That's what hospitality is all about, right? Right, right. Absolutely. I have a question. I know we want to talk about swim up bars. That's I want to talk topic. water park. Are we? Are we? Are we not going to talk about the water park? I we will. Can I ask one more question before <laughs> I'm we get there? Very impatient. Okay, one I, more. I know. So you spent nine years working in Chicago, and I, when I was you know reading through your bio and your resume and crafting questions, I just thought that that comparison was so interesting. Spending nine years there, working still in hospitality in the hotel industry, and then obviously you grew up in Frankenmuth and and in this business, but coming back to it, to a town of 5,000 people, family-owned business, what what did that look like for you, like when you're comparing the two, working in those different climates? Um, Were there any major takeaways and lessons learned in like your leadership within the industry between the two? So we have a family creed that if you would like to come back and work with our family business, you need to work elsewhere for at least three years and to gain outside perspective of, you know, so you just aren't doing everything that you were taught and to get new ideas and things of that nature. So I honestly, I had no plans of coming back to the Frankenmuth businesses. I was loving Chicago. It's still, it's a wonderful town. Um, I'm very glad I was there for the nine years. We say, you know, God spoke and I listened and it was the right time, right place. And I do not regret any of my time in Chicago and working for the Sheraton and the corporate hotel and that environment and learning what that was all about. I also, I really have no plans to go back to work in a corporate environment because I love the family environment and also of us being independent. So you have Mm -hmm. your advantages and disadvantages with everything. I mean, obviously I love the corporate dollars that we have, but you can't miss the flexibility of, you know, being independent. If we want to change something, all right, we have a discussion, then we change it. Boom. It's done. You know, we can do so much more for our team members. We can make quick changes. We can have more of that personal, you know, you're not a number when you're working for an independent, you know, you are, you know, I know our team members, you know, I mean, I know about their families and friends and, you know, you have those interactions with them. Not to say that, you know, if you're working in a corporate environment, it's all about the numbers, but, you know, for us, we're in it for the long haul. We're not looking at, I mean, yes, monthly financial statements are important, but, you know, if this month or this quarter, you know, we're looking long-term for everything. And that just creates a different environment for when you have corporate versus an independent uh, type of a structure. Yeah, much different leadership uh, and meaning behind it. Not that one is better or, or right and wrong, but yeah. Well, thank, no, thank you for the patience and letting me ask that. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that whole experience and I wouldn't have traded it for the world. What a perfect segue to talk about independence and creating a new vision for the future. Then now is time to talk about that water park because this is a pretty, pretty big, pretty aggressive addition overall. Talk a little bit about the vision overall and then we'll get into because we just did so much media on this issue last year on, on the liquor license for the for the swim up bar uh, at the at the water park. But talk a little bit about the vision, the size and scope uh, and the why of it all. So we actually had planned to add additional, like a water park facility um, back in uh, 2008, 2009. All right, well, recession happened, you know, all of those great things. So we had to, you know, push things back a little bit. We did in November of 2012, we added two additional water slides uh, onto it because that's what we were able to do. So we'd have something because, again, our guests were asking for more. 
besides just our total we have four pools three whirlpools and two water slides currently and so you know that's the reason why you know we listen to our guests what are they asking for all right they want more water fun so it took us a little bit longer then we had everything all squared away and we got our financing march of 2020 great we're gonna go forward then COVID hit so again everything paused but that actually was a blessing in disguise because of what we were able to design and now have is bigger and better. So we're going to, we're very, very excited and complete pun intended. We have our waves of opening uh, with our water park. So the nice. end of this month, we will have a new ice cream and candy store that will open. Uh, we're partnering with Guernsey Dairy. They have a creamery um, in uh, the Novi area. So we'll be carrying uh, 24 flavors of their ice cream and other family business. And they're in the third generation. Uh, we always like to partner with Michigan companies, um, especially family businesses uh, when we can. And then we'll have a new redemption store. So when you play all the games, we have over 160 games right now. And we're also going to be adding more games the end of this year. But before we had a counter, now we're going to have a full-on store. You go in for even more prizes, high roller prizes. It's going to be over five times. We're really excited about that. Uh, and then in the beginning of the year, we're going to open the laser tag. So 24 people with all the fun obstacles and, you know, playing against each other or everyone on their own. Uh, that'll open the beginning of the year. In the spring time frame is when our non-water um, additional attractions like our three-story ropes course, climbing wall, mini bowling lane, more arcade video games are going to be coming. And then in the fall of 2024 is when we'll have the big wave pool, the swim up bar uh, that we were talking about, the lazy river, um, lily pads. I mean, the, uh, so many more things. So currently we have 35,000 square feet of family fun at the Bavarian Inn Lodge. We are growing that to 140,000 square feet. Wow. So to put that in perspective, it's like almost three football fields of fun. As you can tell, I like to have fun. I keep saying the word fun, but that's what it's all about. So we will be Michigan's biggest indoor water park for the entire state. And we're really excited about this because it's not just, you know, for our region, but it's great for the entire state of Michigan because we know it'll be bring people from Canada, from surrounding states and bringing that revenue into our state, which is just going to help everyone. You know who else it's going to bring? The Winslow kids, because they are, <laughs> I, I talked to them about this. They love water parks. They watch YouTube videos of water parks. They are really excited to attend this thing when it is fully uh, operational. So you will be seeing us up there for sure. Wonderful. Uh, in the not too distant future. The idea to go in on uh, a liquor license for the water park. Talk a little bit about why that you think that that helps. Do you think that that brings a different demographic, expands opportunities, or what was your thinking there? Well, it was interesting when we talked to all these different legislators, no one knew we couldn't do it right. in Michigan. Wait, you're not allowed to have a swim up bar? No, Wisconsin, Ohio, like all these surrounding states have a competitive advantage and these other water parks they go to have it. And so I have been told that this is probably the quickest legislation that has ever passed through. Uh, exactly. Uh, my brother, Michael, uh, was key, is very instrumental in making this happen, as well as my husband. And, you know, how do we go through the process? So with that, you need to be able to provide different environments and different experiences. And the experiences is what we're all about. You know, 
our purpose is to create enjoyable experiences. And whether that's in dining, shopping, you know, overnight stays, swimming uh, for it. So, you know, for that, this is a different experience that someone can enjoy a margarita or if they want a beer or, you know, whatever it may be in this environment where they have a beautiful view, be able to see the Cass River and look outside the sw our swim up bar. To our knowledge, we think we will still be the first swim up bar in Michigan. Um, it'll have indoor and outdoor. So you can take your drink. And if you want to sit in the outdoor area of the pool or be inside, you'll be able to do both. Love it. There's been discussion of a MRLA board meeting at this exact location. So we will be in touch about future board opportunities on that front as well. And at, we're gonna, the, at the swim up bar, just at, to confirm. That is our, that okay, is our board cool. of directors. So one, one thing I'll reference, because it's a new piece of legislation, House Bill 5227 is trying to centralize and remove arcades in the functionality they have right now. So we need to talk about that going forward because the idea of, of kids playing an arcade game and getting tickets is, is two thirds of the excitement, right? And then being able to transition those those tickets into some something at the prize center. The fact that there's legislation out there that's been introduced that would eliminate that opportunity is is daunting, concerning, would I think impair that, that dramatic expansion you guys have. So we'll be, we'll be in touch on that as well, but something we're working with behind the scenes right now. That if that legislation were to pass, that would be detrimental to so many. I mean, Chuck E. Cheese's would go out of business. Right. There would be no more Chuck E. Cheese's. You know, I mean, there are so many for this gaming. Um, for us in particular, I mean, obviously, part a huge, huge part of our whole expansion are these games. And, you know, providing these experiences for children to have fun. So um, I'll be I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the outcome of all of this. Okay. We'll be partnering with you on this one as well. I can't <laughs> wait. All right. I think it's time to hit the lightning round. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Are you ready? All right. Let me have it. <laughs> She's like, yes. What is the last song that you listened to? It was a Christmas song this morning on my drive no. into work. I am not. Oh, absolutely. It was a Christmas song. I've got my Christmas channel Shocked. on. Should have known. What is the last show that you streamed? <laughs> The number block cartoon uh, with my four-year-old son. We were watching that together. Nice. I like There's that. There's a lot of number blocks, let me tell you. <laughs> no Cocoa Melon? Still still a favorite. You know, he likes Cocoa Melon too, but I'm a little partial to number blocks. Um, I kind of like, actually, he has been able to count, you know, the numbers and he's like, oh, that's five. Oh, well, now that's seven. So I'm liking the number blocks. Nice. Getting the job done. It keeps our attention and educational. There you go. All right. What is your favorite tourism destination in oh Michigan? But it can't be Frankenmuth. I mean, Frankenmuth. that has to be of excluded. <laughs> Apart from that. I will say I do enjoy going up to Mackinac Island. My husband and I, we will go up there. It's very relaxing uh, as well. But I mean, there's so many great destinations in Frank in Michigan. Frank uh, but of course, Frankenmuth <laughs> is my favorite. Of course. I love it. Okay. What is your favorite holiday? And just... Without it being Christmas. Like, I tried to put these in here to be challenging outside of the typical. So if, if Christmas is eliminated, please don't well, say I Thanksgiving. Well, Christmas Eve okay. is my favorite because that is when Bavarian Restaurant closes early on Christmas Eve. And it has uh, for as long as I can remember. And that's when our family would always have our Christmas gatherings. We go to the 3 o'clock church service. And then we have a potluck. A lot of great chefs in my family. No one leaves hungry. Um, so I would say Christmas Eve. If it was not that, uh, actually Easter 
would then be my next favorite holiday. Um, and I will say we do a beautiful job of decorating in the spring. You know, it gets kind of drab. You know, you don't have Christmas decorations anymore. The flowers aren't out. And so we have a, an Easter celebration. It's called Osterbrunnen, which we can have a whole another segment just talking about the different festivals and events in Frankenmuth. Uh, but that would be my second favorite holiday. That sounds a commit, like a commitment for Martha to come back for, as a guest again in the future. I'm happy to. I would love to talk about Frankenmuth and Bavarian Inn. You can tell I'm very shy. So. Right. Let me audible on this last one here. We always ask people their cocktail of choice, but it is it is fine if you want to answer that as well. I am actually intrigued. Frankenmuth dinner, you're going to the Bavarian, a million sides come out. Do you have a favorite side definitively of all of those that come out? Chicken's obviously great. What's going with that? Between, for the side, between our buttered noodles and our potato cheese puffs. Oh, I love the butter so noodles. So the two, we the butter noodles is part of our family style. We actually get uh, those noodles from Detroit. Um, it's nice. an egg noodle, again, supporting, you know, Michigan businesses. Um, and then we've got butter, uh, cracker crumbs on it. Oh, the butter noodles are fantastic. The cheese puffs are actually a result of a byproduct. You know, my grandmother, she grew up in the Depression. And so, you know, you don't waste food. So, okay, you made these mashed potatoes. They didn't go out to the customers. What do you do with these mashed potatoes? You know, you don't want them to go bad. Oh, you know what? Let's add some seasoning. Let's add some cheese. Let's fry it. Everyone likes things that are fried. So this byproduct has now become one of our most popular menu items, excluding our chicken, of course. So did I um, know that? That's interesting. those are my two favorite sides. I would say. I like that. I, it really is impressive the extent to which you you guys use Michigan agriculture in in almost everything you produce. And listen, I stayed over. Full disclosure: stayed at Bavarian Inn at the lodge Monday night in advance of the travel commission meeting Tuesday. And the the channels that you guys have educating on all things Frankenmuth, very good, very educational, mm. by the way. Learned to the extent by which uh, local farmers across Michigan are used. And it was fascinating and really impressive to have that much. I mean, it's the definition of pure Michigan. It was great. No, absolutely. I mean, it'd be a lot cheaper if we used cane sugar, for example. But no, we want to use Michigan sugar. We've got so many sugar beets in this area. And yeah, maybe a little bit more. But again, we're supporting our farmers. We're supporting uh, local businesses. And we go through a lot of sugar uh, with all of our bakeries and things. So yeah, it's, it's all about supporting local. Love it. Absolutely. Well, I think that rounds out our interview here. I'm. I feel like I need to go to Frankenmuth this weekend. So you do. That's, that's not maybe. It's it's a definite. Martha, thank you so much for spending time during the busy holiday season. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you and your family. And thanks for being on What's with the Pineapple. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Have a wonderful Christmas holiday. <laughs> 